Hey friends, welcome to the Cultivate Hope podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Robinson, and I want to invite you to come alongside me as we hear stories, gain wisdom, and even some helpful tools from some of my friends. These are people who have experienced challenging seasons of life that have tested their faith. We can all learn from those who've dug those deep trenches and have found their way to the other side of hopelessness. So let's start digging together and cultivate hope. Hey, 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 welcome to season two of the Cultivate Hope podcast and also happy Valentine's Day. I'm so excited that you're joining us for today's topic. We are talking about how we can have hope in the midst of rejection. Some of you are probably like, okay, Sarah woke up and chose violence today, but I promise you we are not going to rain on this day of love. In fact, I have my dear friend Don Beard joining us today to show us how rejection doesn't have to be the main character in our story. She's a pastor at Destiny Church in Alabama, as well as an author of one of my favorite books, Like Me or Not. I know that you guys are going to love her and most of all, learn from her how we can better love ourselves the way that God made us. So please help me by welcoming my dear friend, Dawn, to the podcast. I'm so glad to be here. And uh, it's just fun to um, get to have this conversation around cultivating hope around rejection. So I'm excited. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. So of course, we're going to start the podcast the same way we start every podcast and ask every guest, what, Dawn, is your definition of hope in your own words? Yeah, so... um, there was, uh, when, when I first got this question, you know, it kind of sent to me beforehand to prepare me, I was thinking to myself, what is my definition of hope? You know, uh-huh. this is one of those words that you just kind of can take for granted uh-huh. at times. And so I just kind of sought the Lord and I thought, well, there's a biblical, you know, definition, but she's not asking me the biblical. She wants to uh-huh. know what I believe. is. Oh, hope. yeah. And, and that comes out of experience, right? It comes out of an understanding of what you've been through. And so um, I just kind of pen some words, but uh, for me, I feel like um, hope is knowing that there's a light in the midst of whatever I'm going through, that in a season of adversity, Yes, that yes. I know that there is an optimistic way out of that, that in the depths of uh, what can feel like darkness, um, that God has this this hand that he can bring in and, and pull me out of any situation that I'm going through. So yeah, I feel like hope is that that optimistic view when everything seems like it's the opposite. I love that. I love that. And I love that that's so relatable. I think one of the things I think about when people are always like, how do I even go about defining this? Like in my own words, I don't know. I'm like, think about how, how would you explain it to a child? You know, because I have to, I have to think about those stuff all the time. We were just talking about that beforehand is like when you have kids and you have these big theological ideas and these, uh-huh. these words that they, that you don't even fully understand, you still have to right. figure out a way to communicate that to your kids in some way so that they, they can start to work that out yeah, yeah. with the Holy yeah. Spirit and, that's been my only, my only suggestion to people. I don't really know what else to tell you. It's just, yeah, just pretend like you're talking to a kid. That's perfect. Right. Right. Um, that's, so, that's exactly it. Yeah. So tell me how has, in the midst of this theme of rejection and the adversity that you've been through in your life, how has that changed your conversations with God and your vision and your opinion of even yourself? How has that changed over time? 
a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think coming out of the world, a, a version of, of hope is going to be the counterfeit of the truth. Yeah. You know, so in the world, there there is a um, a version of hope that can feel surface level. It can feel like a platitude, you know, oh, well, it's just going to be fine. You don't need to worry about that. You know, yeah. everything's going to be okay. You know, that that's, that's very surface level um, yeah. version of hope when, when really God's version of hope is, is much deeper and more layered and, 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 and truly supernatural com in, in comparison of what the enemy has, has set up as a, as a counterfeit of that. And so you know, once I came into the kingdom and understood the fullness of my identity, hope takes on a different form yeah. and in it becomes the, uh, the essence of, of who we are, um, as daughters or sons of the most high God, you know, um, because then we are hope bearers. We are hope bringers. We, right. we can, uh, it's hope isn't just for us. It's, it's a way for us to speak God's hope into a a, a situation that feels hopeless. It's a, a mindset of hopelessness. It's a, a, a circumstance of hopelessness. A, a, I mean, even people will actually say, I have no hope, um, yeah. but that's not truth. Yeah. That's not the truth of God's word. So, um, so as I've understood more of who I am and understood the, the role of um, rejection in my life and how, how that, that was a counterfeit of, of what God wanted to show me um, as truth of, of my identity, I can then better understand and communicate with others who I am, who God is, and and how he is the God of hope in the midst of that. Mm -hmm. But also, because I bear his image, because his spirit is in me, I bring hope then to those who are in those hopeless situations. Mm, I love that. I love that you mentioned how some people say, like, will actually say, I have no hope. Do you think it makes more sense to say, or would be more accurate to say, I'm having trouble hanging on to hope? Because if hope is always within grasp and hope is consistent, hope's always there, then really it's, it's not, and like we talked about in the Christmas series, if hope is a person, if hope is Jesus, if right. Jesus is our hope, yeah. then hope never fades. Hope never goes away. We do. I find that really, really cool. I love your, your perspective on that. Will you share with us a little bit about this role of adversity and rejection that's played in your life? I know you wrote a book called Like Me or Not. Everyone should read it. It's fantastic. Um, I loved it. I read it multiple times and <laughs> wrote all through it and highlighted all through it. It's got so many great nuggets of wisdom and encouragement to walk you through stepping boldly into your identity of who you truly are, as opposed to who people say you are. And so will you walk us through kind of your history with that and how you got to this place of freedom? I love that you said you read it. I just read it again. <laughs> ah! I <love laughs> Sometimes it. I feel like, you know, it, it was Holy Spirit writing that book through me. Uh, yes. I was used as a vessel. And so God ministers to me through that book constantly. Um, and even preparing for this, I read through the the chapter called Rejected. Mm. And so it's just that reminder of what God's brought me through, but yes. he's continuing to bring me through it, you know? So right. um, I, I appreciate that. 
so to answer your question, my uh, journey with rejection started at a very young age. And part of that is because of the way that God made me in loving people. I not only am I approval addict, but it's because I love people. Yeah. <laughs> I like being around people. I enjoy yeah conversations with people. I enjoy um, spending time with them. You know, I like people, you know, I'm, I'm not yes. a, a person who just wants to go isolate myself and hang out on, on my own all the time. Now, yeah. as I get older, I've noticed I need more time on my own to have mm -hmm. my time with my people well, yeah. um, but I still love people ultimately at the end of the day. And so, you know, God designed me that way. God designed all of us that way um, to be in relationship with him and relationship with others. But the enemy, um, you know, he's going to come in and, and try and um, separate us out from that relationship from him and from others. Now, I didn't grow up in a in a Christian home. Um, in fact, my my family was Jewish growing up. I always say my maiden name gives it all away. Yeah, uh, my maiden name is Harvitz. I and love so it. That's usually the oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely came from a Jewish home. That's um, awesome. Yeah, but but you know we were good moral people. Um, and in my home, it was a loving home, but outside of my home, I had some struggles. And um, as a child, I moved from first grade ex classroom experience where I was everybody's best friend. And, and I had a good group of people that, of kids that I, I loved to hang out with. And then because of osmosis, or not osmosis, what is it? Asbestos in my school. <laughs> Oh no! Asbestos. Yeah, we had asbestos in my school, so they had to close that school down and then reroute all those students to oh. other local schools within our district. And I got redistricted, uh, reschooled, and so um, I landed in a second grade class, and it was like night and day difference. Really? For whatever reason, I landed up in that classroom with a target on my back. And I got made fun of from second grade onward. I mean, it, it didn't really leave until I left high school. It, it was like the kids found out ways to pick on me and, and take me out in various ways. And because they then knew that I was really sensitive and that would come in tears and, you know, all the things. Got the reaction um, they wanted. Mm -hmm. Yes, they only picked on me more. And so, you know, there's the, always the stories of Dawn coming home from the bus from school crying her eyes out because somebody else picked on her that day you know wow. so um that that's uh you know um trigger that arrow of rejection hit hard at a young age and really it started to define who i was as an individual um and because of it you take up also a victim mentality because you're really like on your guard at all times, thinking that someone else is going to attack you. And I wasn't ever really physically attacked, right. but it was more verbal attacks, which, which those arrows can, can steep into you oh, yeah. and who you, you, you want to believe you are, or, or you can't understand then who you are because of what people say of you. Right. Um, and you allow that to sit in your life in a way that God never intended. Right. Wow. So, Wow, that's really hard. And I think a lot of people can identify with that because growing up is hard. I mean, you're going to get, and I feel like every kid's like this. If you don't have a parent speaking into your life or a pastor or a coach, or, you know, you're going to listen to friends, you're going to listen to, you're going to listen to somebody, someone's right. going to tell you who you are. Right. So who we listen to is so vital and so important, but I feel like every kid you're getting inundated by parents, coaches, family members, like friends, everybody telling you who you are. So 
how do we differentiate those words from who we're meant to be from how do we figure that out you know yeah and i think that you know that's a good question but the key to it is you're gonna have to have a relationship with jesus christ because you have to be able to hear from the Holy Spirit and get into his word to know the truth from a lie, you know, and I didn't have that. I didn't come to know the Lord until I was 26 years old. So there's 26 years of my life where uh, the enemy had complete access Mm -hmm. to deliver on every single lie that he wanted to implant in my life. Um, And really after I came to know the Lord, it's almost like you have to go through a um, uh, extraction, if yeah. you will. Yeah. Right? I almost just got the picture of like, you know, when we're at war and, um, you know, somebody takes a hit, all those bullets need to be removed if they're Absolutely. shot and they're trying to revive them back to life. Yeah. The bullets have to come out, you know, those, those flaming arrows have to come out and yeah. God's got to you know, just kind of put that healing bomb of Gilead on those wounds so that we can come back into the fullness and the completeness of who he says we are right. in the midst of that. So, you know, to answer that question, I, I truly believe the only way that we can differentiate the lie from the truth is through the word of God, listening to the Holy Spirit, and then walking that out by faith, knowing that that's who he says you are. Mm. That's so good. That's true. I mean, it's so true. The word of God is the truth. So that's where we have to go. And my question to follow that is when you go through rejection as growing up from, I mean, you're going to get it left and right from all different places. Some of us, we, we almost get rejection amnesia where we forget all the rejection Mm -hmm. we felt, or we don't recognize it as rejection until later in life. How can that look as an adult? So some of us who are like, well, I have, you know, all of these isms, all these things, these ways that I operate. How do I know if I have a root of rejection? Right. How do I figure that out? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think for me, that's come from people who have loved me mm-hmm. and lovingly um, told me, Dawn, you're responding out of a root of rejection. Mm-hmm. Um, and that bringing to the surface, then me being able to say, okay, Lord, how did I respond and what triggered it? And then doing some of that deep heart work of understanding where did it originally stem from? Right. right? So um, it's interesting that, you know, we're getting into this, but my husband and I just got into this conversation mm-hmm. uh, about a week ago and he said, Dawn, you're responding out of rejection right now. You are mm-hmm. And that rejection is a, a victim mentality. You're not a victim. And it, it, that's a that's a, a a phrase I use over my life a lot. I'm not a victim. I'm a victor. Yes. I, I, I operate out of victory. I, right. I'm, I don't have to have a victim mentality. Um, so uh, it's it's a like I said, sometimes it takes that loving that person that lovingly tells you that you're responding out of a root of rejection. Now, the question then becomes, though, but what is that root of rejection and, and how does it manifest itself? Yeah. And I think it's when, you know, you can have a false humility, like, yeah. uh, oh, I'm not that, you know, yeah. like you're you're um, almost talking bad about yourself in a way. Yeah. Um, and so you're not glorifying who God says you are. You're actually kind of saying, no, that can't be right about me. You know, that that can mm-hmm. come out of a rejection. Um, uh, it can look like bitterness, too, you know, just to. Um, 
because it's a wound, you know what yeah, I mean? When, when we're wounded, um, it's almost like you want to um, uh, cut back at what's cut you. Yeah. And so that can form into to bitterness. And so right. um, it, it, that can put up walls. Um, there's a, um, uh, you know, with a, with a root or rejection, um, there can also be a defense mechanism that goes up over that. Like, I'm not going to let you in. Um, so because I'm not going to let you in, uh, I'm going to throw everything at you in a defensive mode, um, yeah. so that you can't really see that inside I'm feeling super vulnerable right. and, um, and, and you've touched a, a sensitive place in me and I don't want you to see my vulnerability, which is mm -hmm. a little bit of what I also grew up with, um, because, I was so made fun of when I was little and uh, people kept making fun of my emotional state. I, that root of rejection showed up in me trying to be like, I am woman, hear me roar. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. And so That's good. Um, we got to be careful of that, you know, mm -hmm. in this day and age, you know, uh, I always think of like that, the book that came out, you know, lean in, like, come on, yeah. ladies, let's lean into this. And, and I was like, Whoa, that's the counterfeit. That's a, that's a big old counterfeit. Yeah, <laughs> with that because it's not the idea that that we become bigger than life then it's yeah. not the idea that like we're we're you know taking control and 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 almost like pushing ourselves into situations mm -hmm. um but instead it's um it's it's resting in the confidence and knowing who you are in christ mm -hmm. and therefore your father goes before you and fights for you and you just need to remain still Right. You know, but when you're in that root of rejection, you feel like you've got to fight for every tooth and nail. You think yes. you're entitled to certain things. You, mm -hmm. I mean, there's just so many ways that that can manifest itself. Right. Um, that, but again, you can, you can know that when you've got loving people to reveal it to you, or you're asking the Lord to show you through you, what does that root of rejection look like because you know it will manifest different ways in, in right. each one of us and and male and female it'll manifest different right. ways um but but and we've got to be willing you know when we're in relationships to be able to say lovingly like my husband did um hey you're operating out of this and and really when he says it to me he's like babe I know you're more I, I know who you are and, and I'm just calling you up and out of that wounded place so that you can remember what, who God says you are and respond out of the identity that he's placed in you, not what the enemy is trying to speak into your life right now. Wow. That's beautiful. Everyone needs someone like that. We all need I that. I know, right? We do. <laughs> we all need that. <laughs> I love that. We all need that. And that's you know right. what? We all have access to that because that's how Jesus treats us every day. That's how the Holy yeah. Spirit connects exactly. our heart. But what do we do? Say someone's in a close relationship of rejection. Someone's being rejected closely. How do you respond? How do you operate? How do you get out of that place? If you're in a relationship that's close, that's not going away where right. it's like a continual rejection. How do you live in freedom in that type of situation? Cause I know a lot of people, you know, they have parents who've rejected them. They have siblings who've rejected them. They've had anyone that you know husbands wives that have rejected them how how do you operate in freedom and and god's identity when that continues to happen how do you rectify that yeah there's a couple of different things that come to mind i'm hoping i'm going to remember them all as i Love go it. through this but 
Um, of all, I've experienced that too with my my dad. My dad left when we were I was 16 years old. So um, as a child, you feel like that that's a place of rejection. It becomes abandonment. It also can become an orphan spirit. Uh, we've got to be careful of that because uh, we have to remember that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God, right? So it's it's a remembering that spirit of adoption and recognizing that fully, my Heavenly Father accepts me and approves of me, um, who I am already. He's He's already um, given me that right and that inheritance as a child of God when I came into the kingdom. Uh, so there's that piece of it. Uh, we are always going to be in relationships that we experience rejection and not because people intend to, Mm -hmm. but because uh, they have boundaries that they are going to hopefully maneuver in, in healthy ways. So really part of us understanding uh, we can put into a perspective of rejection is truly shifting that Mm -hmm. to, is this, me understanding what they're um, making a decision on really rejecting me or are they actually setting up a healthy boundary right now? That's great perspective. Like rejection to me. Right. So Mm -hmm. one of the things that I thought of when, when, you know, again, some of those questions were sent over and, and you said this, my first response to this, Sarah was we have to be willing to risk. Yeah. When, when Jesus risks, for us. Mm. He pursues us. He went after the one he, he left those 99 behind. He goes after the one, you know, he, he, uh, when Adam and Eve were in the garden and um, they were tempted and fell into sin, God didn't run from them. He rejected, they rejected his truth and and fell into guilt and shame and sin and got separated from him, but he pursued them. Mm. He went after them. Right. So in a, in a loving relationship, whether that's a parent or, or a sister um, or, a, you know, a, a, another sibling or a friend or, or a spouse, at some point, we have to be able to come to a place that we are so confident in who we are that what they do or say doesn't determine our actions. Now, I am preaching to myself right now as I'm saying these things. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Hear me out. We but this is what the Lord's, been, the Lord's been working on me on here lately, too, is. I cannot allow their um, words, their decisions to determine how I respond. Uh, kind of taking up the 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 mantra, if you will, of um, I'm going to concern myself with things that concern me, and they're going to concern themselves with things that concern them. I can control me. I cannot control them. I don't want to control them, right? right. So oftentimes we feel rejected because the other person is dealing with stuff that has really nothing to do with us. Right. Or if it does have something to do with us, then we need to ask the Lord, do I need to go to that person in repentance and forgiveness mm. so that they will receive healing and no longer respond in a place of rejection really over yeah. what I've been doing to them, you know? Mm. So um, it's that perspective shift that I think needs to happen in those situations. Now, I was also thinking through, we do have to be somewhat careful of this because they, I almost want to put it in, there are those healthier situations of rejection and then there's yeah. toxic rejection. There is. And, and I, I'm, I, you know, that's a, that's a really big conversation, but, um, yeah. but I think that there are times that we just need to step away from those relationships yeah. and, and allow the Lord time to heal us 
before we can go back in boldly and confidently to be able to risk in those situations. Uh, sometimes the Lord needs to do healing in, in our lives. And sometimes the Lord needs to do healing in their lives. Yes. Sometimes it's happening at the good. same time, you know? Yeah. And, if, yeah. and if that risk becomes really, or that rejection has become really unhealthy mm -hmm. and toxic to you, I would encourage you to just take some time alone with the Lord and ask him if you need to just step away from that relationship so yeah. that he can build those, those healthy boundaries and really do the, the deep heart work he needs to do in you. And in yeah. the meantime, you could be praying for them that the Lord's doing the same thing in them. Cause truly we operate when, when either we're in a relationship where we're, we're feeling rejected, that says something about us, yeah. or if we're the one doing the rejecting, that says something about us. You know right. what I mean? So right. It does. Occasion, in either occasion, the only way to, to correct that is getting with God and helping us understand him under helping us understand who he says we are. Yes. And that's when we can walk boldly and confidently mm -hmm. um, in that identity. Oh, that's so good. That's a great way for us to understand loving our neighbor, loving our enemies, loving, though they're not our enemy necessarily, our enemy, yeah. we have one enemy, right. but understanding how to love those that harm us or hurt us, right. you don't have to love them in proximity all the time, right. if, especially right. if it's unhealthy. So yeah. again, this is your permission to everyone listening. If you are in a toxic situation, boundaries are healthy. It's a good thing. Mm -hmm. And communicating mm -hmm. those boundaries so you don't cause rejection is yeah. very, very healthy. Cause then, you know, you don't want to be someone who's just like I giving off that, Hey, I don't want you around anymore. And they don't know why, cause then right. you're becoming the rejector and you can cause right. harm that way. So yeah. being an agent of love in that there's peace in every situation. I think that's the theme that I'm noticing is when you're in situations of feeling rejection or experiencing rejection or adversity in life, having that peace that passes all understanding, that peace that goes with you, which isn't like we've talked about on here before, not that peace of everything's peaceful, every, everyone gets along, everything's going smooth, that peace of I have a resting heart rate, I'm not getting worked up because mm -hmm. I feel and I know who I am and I know the love of God and I feel the love of God and mm -hmm. that's enough, that's right. absolutely enough. So yeah. what kind of advice would you give somebody who might be feeling right now like they're in a situation where they're feeling rejected or to a parent even whose child is feeling rejected. Cause you know, as a situation you were in, how do you mm. communicate that to a child? How do you um, communicate that to someone who is actively rejecting you? You know, you brought up two different situations yeah. there and I, I think yeah. they weren't two different responses really. Absolutely. Um, so uh, I think both of them, you just need to go back to the truth of the word right. um, and what the word says about that, that person, um, that, that brings a perspective that, um, that brings hope in, yes. Right? Yes. in the right. midst of this. Yes. And so, um, because when you're feeling rejected, like I said, there's so many other emotions that come in with that. So many other right. feelings that, that can drift in along with it. And we have to remember right. that we're not supposed to operate out of our feelings. Right. We're supposed to operate out of the word of truth. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I often say my feelings don't determine what I do or who I am, but the word of God does. Um, right. you know, when you, when you're in a, a relationship like that, um, where, where you're experiencing that rejection, um, and I, I'm just going to continue to encourage you, you, you've got to get alone with your 
Heavenly Father and have him speak into that situation. Because what I'm learning is a lot of times when someone else speaks a word that feels like rejection to me, mm -hmm. it really didn't have to do with me. Mm. It, it's really something that's going on with them. Yeah. And I don't mean that from like a perspective of, oh, they've got issues and I don't. Mm -hmm. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, I'll give this a, as an, this is a good example. So moving to Coleman, um, the culture down here is a little different. Okay. Yeah. North, I don't know what it is with Northerners, but we all just like, we ask each other to lunch. We, yeah. it's normal, right? Like, oh, we yeah. got, say like, hey, Sarah, let's grab lunch. Let's grab coffee. Let's Always. Do whatever. Yes. Right. That is not the same down here. I don't really? understand it. Oh, yeah. Oh, weird. Okay. So um, I have friendships because I have chosen to not feel rejected by those women in my life. Uh -huh. And I've pursued them over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Okay. So if I want to go to lunch with somebody, I'm usually the one initiating. Now, huh. with the spirit of rejection on me, I could say, well, they never ask me. Mm. They don't text me. They don't call me. So obviously they don't like me. Mm. And I'm going to, I'm not going to see them anymore. You know, I'm going to, you know, brush mm. them off see them in the grocery store. Like they're obviously not my friend. They don't care about me. They don't love me. Wow. Right. Yeah. That's what your rejection would then tell me in the midst of that situation. What I have found to be truth is my friends just get caught up in life. Right. And because that hasn't been a norm of the, the culture mm -hmm. here, they, yeah, they want to do lunch. Yeah. They like to do coffee, but normally that's initiated some other way. And yeah. so they're used to people coming to them instead of them going to people to do that. I don't yeah. get it. I just, it's different, okay. for me. but I have just learned that is just who they are. And it has yeah. nothing to do with me. Like I've even said to them, Hey, I, you know, I just want to make sure like, you don't have to do lunch with me if you don't want to, you know, it's okay. Yeah. No, 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 I want to do lunch. I just get so caught up in everything else that I'm doing. I just I don't it. think about it. Does that make wow. sense? Wow. Yeah. So you know, it's it, almost the difference between, are we feeling rejected or are we feeling offended? Is oh, it really yeah. rejection, rejection or is it offense? Right. It's like a thin line right there. Oh, yeah. Wow. And, and, I mean, really, they're like sister spirits, you know? I mean, they can just yes. go hand in hand with that. Yes. So, um, yeah, I mean, so I would say, again, I just want to use that as an example of, um, it doesn't have anything to do with me. No. No. Some of those women are my best friends, but I still like month after month yeah. are like, Hey, let's grab coffee. Let's do lunch, it. you know? And they're like, yeah, every time they're yes, 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 yes. You know, it's not that they don't enjoy it. They just get caught up in their own lives, mm. you know? So, um, normally they're that. like, I'm so thankful you asked me, I needed this. You know? Oh my gosh. I love right. that. So, so it's, uh, that's why I, I just want to use that as an example because I uh, can't make it about us all the time. Mm right? Stuff going on in their world that we yes. don't know anything about mm -hmm. unless they let us into it. Um, but that doesn't mean that they are intentionally rejecting me yes. in any way, shape or form. But in my mind, I, I can formulate this whole storyline that they are rejecting me and therefore I'm going to stop my friendship with them. Okay. So that's, yeah. that's one example from a, a, a an adult perspective mm -hmm. with my, with my child, uh, sometimes it's a little bit more difficult because like you said before, there's different people that speak into their lives. Mm -hmm. Right. And, right. and for me, um, I have uh, intentionally done with my son is to reiterate to him over and over again, 
who he is in Christ. So um, the two of us have this uh, thing that we do every morning. And we say that we are the head and not the tail. We are mm-hmm. overcomers. We're a child of God, mighty warrior, heir to yes. the throne, clothed in righteousness, fearfully and wonderfully made, healed of the Lord. Okay. I so, love that. That's yeah. so good. We, we go through the whole armor of God and, and we pray together and all that stuff. Ah. I've been doing I've been doing this with him since he's five, six years old. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now there are times that he has come home from school and he has said, Mom, I did something really stupid today. I'm stupid. And I said, I'll say, I'm sorry. Who are you? And he'll go, I'm stupid. And I'll say, I'm sorry. Who are you again? And then it'll click. Oh, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm an overcomer. I'm a child. See what I mean? It's it's, as a parent, we can help them learn their identity at a young age. Even if someone else speaks a word over them, Mm -hmm. when they come to us and they say, here's what someone else said, we can remind them, what does God say about Mm -hmm. who you are, right? I didn't have that in my household when I was younger. So yeah, yeah, my mom would be like, you're beautiful. You're this, you're that. And I'm like, my friends think I'm a mess and they don't like me. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm glad you think that, but they don't think that, you know, but she didn't have the word of God to be able to correct me back then. Right. We have this powerful tool that we can take before our kids and say let's go to this verse and show you what god says who who god says you are you know a a different method you can use with them and doing that i think also as parents we walk a very fine line um really showing that rejection to our own kids at times so we have to be be careful actually i'll I'll bring up the example sawyer just said to me yesterday uh, something about uh i don't want to be annoying to you and i was like annoying I said where did you get that from and he said well I think about that a lot I don't want you or daddy to think that I'm annoying and I said what have I said that to you do you feel like I I think you're annoying no I mean I just kind of worry about that sometimes and and then I was thinking to myself there are times you know our kids can do silly things yeah yeah. Do become a little bit of an annoyance. I said, but Sawyer, that's a lie from the pit of hell. I said, there's nothing about you that your dad or I find to be yeah. annoying. And then I, I gave him some example. I'm like, well, when you did that, and he's like, yeah, that is annoying. And I said, yes, but you got to remember 98% of the time we love you and we're proud of you. And we are so excited that you are our son. Yeah. You know, it's just that it's remember again, who they are, but yeah. also seeing as a parent, I'm affirming you in who God created you to be. I'm not asking you to be anything but that, you know, uh, I've had, you know, I've even uh, taken up the language of um, I'm proud of you, no matter what you do. Mm -hmm. I'm proud of you, no matter what you say. Mm -hmm. I'm proud of you. Um, You don't have to perform for me. You know, he gets nearly, he gets straight A's. I mean, the kid Mm -hmm. is extremely smart, but I tell him your grades don't determine how proud I am of you. Yes. I hear you. Who oh, you I are, love that. What you do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It, it, you, we've just got to affirm them in that. Otherwise they will feel rejected by us. You know what I mean? And, that's and that's right. normal as parents. Like it's so easy to, to want your kid to perform at a high level, whether it's grades or athletics or uh, some other form, you know, it just, it's, it's easy right. for us because then we feel proud to be able to share that with other people too. Yeah. But who is that about in the end then? Yeah. Maybe ego. Yeah, totally. Oh yeah. That's good. That's a lot to think on. Cause I mean, all of our kids are going to go through that. My kids go mm-hmm. through it right now. I mean, they feel rejection on a day-to-day basis from different sources and it's teaching them 
and our words do have so much to do with it, teaching them that there are lies and, and sometimes the offense we feel always when we feel offense, it's built in a lie because we're not made to be offended. We're made to feel love. We're made to give grace. We're made to give forgiveness. We're not made to be offended. So about this, and I, I've told my kids this before where, you know, feel offended or when someone hurts you, you have to think, did they mean to hurt me? Or is the enemy telling me a lie about myself that he wants me to believe so that I will one, break relationship with them because he hates relationship. Right. And two, that I will believe that I am something other than who I am because he, he was rejected. So he wants me to feel rejected at all times. He wants me to feel the way he feels because he can never be accepted again. He was permanently rejected. So I I tell them all the time, like you have the opportunity to be something and to acknowledge who you are, that the enemy will never, ever get back. And he right. doesn't want you to have it. So the best way to beat the enemy is to take back what he can't have. Yep. That he can't touch, that he can't right. destroy and just accept it and know it and live out of that. So, hey, that's my encouragement to all y'all. Let's just live <laughs> out of that. Let's just, that's, that's I need to, I'm preaching to myself. I'm preaching yeah. to myself right now. We need to accept who we are. And that's the best way to defeat the enemy is just to live out of the identity that he can never have, that we can only have right now, that we can live out of and destroy him every single day. Yeah. And that's so good. Um, And what you're saying, that's a good reminder, Sarah, that he has been rejected. Mm -hmm. Therefore, he wants to put that rejection on us. It's also the reminder that he will never, ever, ever be a child of God. Yes. He can't be adopted. He's so he does. That's why he hates family. That's why he hates adoption. That's why he hates children. That's why he he wants to break up anything that looks like relationship because he can't have one. And it's so sad. It's so sad, but it's also like so encouraging and empowering because we don't have to live like that. God didn't make us to live like that. He's like, we're never, ever going to be permanently rejected. We're not permanently rejected. We are forever accepted. The grace is abounding. The mercies are new every morning. That's right. So we have the freedom to live out of that. That feels very freeing to me. So I love it. Thank you for bringing the freedom today, Dawn. That is so good. I'm encouraged. I needed that boost today. Yeah, I do. So a couple more questions, just as we close out, we always have a couple closing questions based around the idea of hope. One, Dawn, what is a verse that you hung on to when you are feeling rejected? I really go to those identity verses. Yeah. Um, remembering um, who God says I am. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, even what, you know, I was going through with, um, uh, with Sawyer, you know, I'm an overcomer. I've been overcome yes. by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. Beautiful. Jesus was rejected in John 6, 66. It says that his disciples walked away from him. They didn't all stay. They walked away, you know, reminder that, um, uh, even though Jesus was rejected, right. That when we take up his sufferings, that we have hope, um, yes. that we, we, um, in the midst of that, we have hope. Um, and so really, um, I've come more to a place of, you know, when I'm, when I'm rejected, it's, it's, it's just like, uh, what James one, two says, um, consider it pure joy when we face trials and through those trials, we, we get perseverance and perseverance produces character and character produces hope and hope, um, produce it will be producing lack nothing. Rejection is just another form of a trial. You know, it's, right. it's one of those, um, situations that are put in front of us where we have got to make a decision. How am I going to respond to this? Mm-hmm. What does God say about this situation? And, wh- and what does they say? 
what does it say about about who I am but it will also what does it say about who they are you know yeah. um, we are supposed to love each other just as Christ loved us right. did we that's reject so Christ at one point mm. Mm. oh that's huge right that's but huge he loved, he loved yes. us so much that he died for us on the cross Gosh. so would I sacrificially give my life for this person who just rejected me mm. That's such a good reminder, especially the disciples walked away yes. and he still died for them. That yes. is insane because I think a lot of us can I, identify relationships in our life where we felt rejection from people that God's released from our life or that right. needed to be released. Right. And that's okay. Like sometimes mm -hmm. God releases people from our life and he orchestrates that. Sometimes he does because they can't come with us where he's taking us and that's okay. Right. Oh, yeah. But that doesn't mean that we don't still love them and pray for them and yes. support them in whatever they're doing and vice versa. So that verse is woo, powerful, powerful. Um, if you had to pick one person that you would steal a piece of their hope and walk around in their shoes, who is one of your hope heroes? David. Mm, yes. Oh, you picked a good that, one. Yeah, that was that's like the epitome of. Oh, yeah. Uh, being able to see hope mm -hmm. in the midst of war and I mean being rejected he was the anointed king and yeah. you know Saul couldn't see it I mean mm -hmm. he he had to keep walking that out regardless of what everybody else thought how many yeah. times did he try to um you know upheave him from the throne his own yes. son you know I mean yes but, but you hear in the Psalms over and over and over and over again my hope is in you yes. my hope is in you my hope is in you you know it's like an exclamation yes. that you can hear in his um in his heart in his travailing before the Lord um because really David was so brokenhearted at times of those who were coming up against him affecting yeah. him in a variety of ways you know, but, but he kept coming back to my hope is in you, God, my hope, yeah. um, you will never leave me and you will never forsake me. You know, he, he had that constant, um, consistent clinging to the Lord right. through all of that. So yeah, I will, I want hope like David, you know, I love it. he just, to me is the epitome of hope. I love that. All right. One last word of encouragement to the people listening that might feel rejected, that may be going through rejection or may need to set some boundaries. Who knows? What is one last word of encouragement to them? God knows who you are mm -hmm. and how uniquely you have been created. Um, it says that he knew in advance what you would walk out, you know, that, that um, you had a work to be done through you and in you that only you can work out. Um, I just encourage you to continue to just lean in to him, lean into him, not <laughs> into others, yeah. um, but, but to, to seek him um, to help you understand better who you are, because that's what makes us unwavering. We can stand, I'm going to keep saying this boldly and confidently, you know, the word says come boldly and confidently into the throne room of grace. We can come boldly and confidently when we fully understand that we are fully adopted as, as sons and daughters of the most high God. I can burst into my father's room mm -hmm. and say to him, listen to what this person said about me. Listen mm -hmm. to what they said. Now, what do you say, God? What do you say, daddy? What, what, what words do you have for me? 
And it's in those moments that I feel like that I've heard so much more clearly um, to him. There was one time that I was dealing with a situation in my life and I was struggling with um, what was going on in this other person's life. And I, I just got before the Lord and I was like, what do you say about this? Why, why am I feeling rejected over this? Why am I struggling in this situation? And he said, Dawn, remember that you are seated in heavenly places and that person is not. Oh. Wow. Now you're, you're in that heavenly place. You have been given power and authority. So knowing that, how are you going to respond to this situation? And that to me was a call up higher because it was remembering that person is perishing. And I am called to pray on their behalf, to speak into their life, to love them and not to feel like I'm being rejected or really even on the same level, if you will, if I'm seated in heavenly places, he's called me up higher. I need to be responding out of that place and not out of hurt and woundedness because hurt and woundedness does not help me be in relationship with that person. It causes disunity and division. So, um, so my greatest words for you, he is going to be able to say so much more to you than I ever could in the midst of that, because he knows who you are and he wants to, he wants that intimate, pure consecrated heart of yours um, to hear from his so um, you got to do that in intimacy and in the secret place with him um, so I just encourage you to get there beautiful thank you so much Don thank you for joining us today thank you for sharing your story and sharing words of encouragement with us and most importantly for sharing God's word with us that has been really really helpful and encouraging for me personally and I know it is for so many people Wow, thank you for joining us today. What a strong message Dawn brought that rejection is more often based in perception and our own offense and that we don't have to allow that to determine our emotions or even our next steps. We can stop the lie right there. Suddenly, I see a bigger picture and I hope you do too. Get excited for next week's guest, former Miss Nebraska USA, Miss Nebraska America, and mobile entrepreneur Megan Rhodes to talk about body image. You're going to love her. So have a great week. And until then, don't lose hope.